Greetings, and welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Michael. Today we have the beginning of what we might call a double feature with myself and Father Isaiah around the dynamic relationship of two very powerful saints, Saints Monica and her son, Saint Augustine. And this mother and son dynamic is certainly one of the paradigmatic ways to look at how God calls us together as a gifted family uh, towards holiness. And so this week we're looking at St. Monica, and next week we'll be looking at her son, St. Augustine, and teasing out those examples and details in how our own spiritual journey and our relationships can be enriched in every way. This highlights for us as a parish a kind of new initiative to have a a novena around the Feast of St. Monica, which is this uh, coming Tuesday, the 27th. Father Vincent, who is our director of the St. Jude Shrine, is hosting and preaching the St. Monica Triduum. Of course, Triduum we're familiar with being those three days of our Lord's passion and death, but but Triduum signifying just any kind of three-day kind of novena or a prayer experience that we have. And so at the 8 a.m. and 5.30 daily masses, and uh, and then including the weekend, and then confession and rosary as part of that uh, prayer, and a reception on and a, a kind of culminating event on the Tuesday, the 27th. So you're certainly welcome to come, add your intentions, realizing that St. Monica is that patron saint, among other things, of those who have family members, especially for mothers or grandmothers, who have family members uh, who have drifted from the faith or who need uh, a sense of a recharging or an energizing in the faith, knowing that St. Monica herself and her intercession played such a wonderful part of her son's conversion. So that's the St. Monica Triduum. And then also to highlight just one other aspect that's coming up, our Radiate Conference, which is our yearly uh, evangelization conference for the parish is going to be uh, sponsored and led by the team at Find Your Greatness, which is that Matthew Kelly initiative. Many, many books through Dynamic Catholic. And we have a wonderful speaker, Jonathan Fanning, who will present to us in a wonderful evening on September 27th, starting at 630 in the church, uh, a presentation on the four habits that will transform our lives, those four daily habits we can, which can energize our faith, and it's based on Matthew Kelly's book, The Four Signs of a Dynamic Catholic, and it's very Dominican in its way. It, we think of Dominican life and those pillars of Dominican life as being a sense of prayer, a sense of community, a sense of study or discovery, and a sense of ministry, and spoiler alert, <laughs> Find Your Greatness and Dynamic Catholic has basically come up with the same pillars in terms of a kind of wholesome and healthy spiritual life. So who knew that St. Dominic, (laughs) way back 800 years ago, uh, had, if you will, the key to discovering our own greatness, the greatness of God in our lives. And so tickets are actually half price uh, this coming week, uh, $12.50, just for this week only, and then they they kind of inch up uh, until the $25 that would be at the door. So come get your tickets on the 27th, 6.30. You can do that through the website. You can do that here on uh, the office or after any of the Sunday Masses. So I hope you uh, enjoy this uh, double feature to this week, St. Monica, next week, St. Augustine, myself and Father Isaiah, whether you're on the go or taking it slow, many, many blessings as you enjoy today's show. Greetings and welcome back to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Isaiah. That's Father Michael. Here we are, the end of August, which is in many ways the beginning of kind of the new year mm-hmm. with September coming up. We've yeah. got uh, Labor Day weekend uh-huh. coming up. And for us here at St. Dominic's, the kind of end or culmination of 
the month of Saint Dominic. Of course, yeah. So, so yeah, so lots, lots yeah. going on. And whenever you're, we're in this time of year, it's kind of like new things on the horizon, uh-huh. right? Exactly, in terms yeah. of our programming mm-hmm. for uh, faith formation, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, new roads for our children's formation, yeah. and and all the rest. So exciting yeah, time of year. The offices just got vested, yep. and yeah, all that. Those great things. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The house is the house is kind of new in the yeah. sense of new energy and new mm-hmm. life. So yeah, it's it's the, the the fall brings a sense of reinvigoration uh-huh. exactly. both to the house and to the parish. So good time of year. And I was thinking, based on that, to uh, highlight one of those aspects that's going on in the parish and this idea of a novena, which is a little bit truncated. We're going to do a triduum, a triduum, let's say <laughs> three days. Yeah. Uh, to the Feast of St. Monica, Mm -hmm. which uh, we celebrate on this coming Tuesday. And then the next day is the feast day of... St. Augustine. St. Augustine, her son, uh, on Wednesday. And so I thought maybe for uh, this podcast and the next, Mm -hmm. do something of a a double feature. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever gone to a double feature? Like two movies in one or two? Uh, how did I, it was it, a long day. Was yeah, it? Yeah. A double yeah. feature? Okay. I, guess, yeah. I, guess, I guess you can make any time you go to the movies a double feature if you go, but yes. sometimes they sell, sometimes they actually... I went to a legal double feature, A legal though. double yeah. feature. So. <laughs> what, 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 what was it? What was your legal so, double feature? Okay, so it was two movies that had to deal with the death penalty, actually. So, or the darker side of reality. One was not oh. to do with the death penalty. The other was um, the, uh, about um, kind of addiction and drug abuse. So oh. um, it was for it was for a class actually as part of a research project, but oh, just okay. serendipitously, um, the, or that's the wrong word, but spontaneously there was a double feature at the local theater that was featuring um, Dead Man Walking and Leaving Las Vegas at the, uh, like back to back, and it kind of fed into a thesis I was writing during undergrad. Wow, so, was yeah, it like so. a total bummer when you walked out of the theater? It was good that was night outside, yeah, because that's exactly what I was feeling. But we're not talking about uh, those heavier things. We're actually talking about a Another really th- cool double feature. Yeah, Saint Monica's hand again. So I think it's like pretty cool scenes. Yeah, yeah, double features don't don't happen often. Even like uh, double um, headers. Like baseball, it's baseball season, right? Yeah, it's so, baseball season. So, so I, mean, I think they, they did they did away with the double header, though. I remember in my youth, you'd go to like you'd go two games in one. Yeah, like they're like back to back, but yeah, now there's back. like a morning game. Now there's a night game. It's yeah, like, they want on, they want to sell two different tickets. Yeah, yeah usually yes, if there's yeah. rainouts. Anyway, wow. we're gonna we're, we're gonna bring it back <laughs> for this week and next. We're doing a double feature: yeah. Saint Monica, Saint Augustine. This week we'll do Saint Monica, yeah. and next week we'll do uh, Saint Augustine. Yeah, exactly. It'll be, it'll be our, our our double header, double yeah. feature, a double Saint's day. And, <laughs> And exactly. certainly the uh, the impetus for this is this novena that we're doing, three-day kind of novena, uh-huh. yeah. beginning, uh, it's being yesterday on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then today Monday, mm-hmm. and then Tuesday for exactly. Feast of St. Monica. Yeah. And the dynamic between the two, Monica and Augustine, yeah. kind of the paradigmatic um, look into a, a real relationship between mother and son, right? right? Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. the um, struggles, the challenges... Mm-hmm. And yet the power and the beauty and the fruitfulness that can come from uh, that kind of family relationship. What I've always liked about Monica and Augustine uh, is that like for those of us uh, in our church that kind of struggle between the relationship between Mary and Jesus, they can, because of, you know, Jesus' divinity and the Immaculate Conception and such, they yeah. can look to Monica and Augustine um, in in a kind of a parallel sort of way. Yeah. And so I've always appreciated uh, their two lives and how they intertwine twined with each other that can give us uh, another way to look at that dynamic between mother and son. Yeah, no, there's certainly a human connection uh, that I think most we can relate to in Mm -hmm. a very powerful way. I remember my, um, 
when I was in the early days of my priesthood just being ordained and mm-hmm. one day I was walking through the church and there was, um, you know, a, a woman who was uh, kind of beside herself sitting in the pews. And so I just felt called just to go over and just ask, if, you know, if, if she was okay, if there's anything mm-hmm. I can do. And she kind of wanted, uh, you know, she wanted to talk. She kind of invited, invited me to kind of sit next to her in the pew. And, and she just began to like pour out her, her story. Wow. <laughs> and it, she was someone who had come to this country when she was young and was married at an early age and had three children. Mm-hmm. And her kind of what was really on her heart was the fact that she was kind of struggling, she said, in the faith and that sense of feeling beaten down by life in a lot of ways. Her husband, mm. I guess, had been unfaithful to her wow. and it was kind of not so open secret kind of an open yeah. secret if you yeah. will mm-hmm. and she didn't get a lot of sympathy because culturally um that's just I, how it is right? yeah, yeah kind of you know it was expected on the male part exactly a husband's yeah. having you know liaisons and doxies are, are were um just kind of at least i guess in that particular culture yeah, it was, was expected it was like it was yeah. not a, not the biggest deal i mean he was certainly someone she said who you know provided for the kids her kids were all a little bit older they're out of college mm-hmm. I, I got the sense and he had kind of supported financially you know, but just kind of emotionally and certainly in terms of intimacy was not present to her and so That's she rough. was you know and that and then the but then the, the greatest pain in her heart um, she was relating was that her children were no longer practicing right. Catholics and every time she said she tried to you know say oh you ought to come to church or come to this talk or anything to do with God or you know they just would dismiss her as being fanatical in any way anyway so mm. she's pouring out all of these troubles to the Lord and and you know I'm, I'm thinking gosh especially when you're yeah. new out of you know just out of the the, the house of studies and ordination uh-huh. you have there's this instinct to want to like oh if I could only say like the perfect right. you know word or the perfect advice or yeah. just be like then solve the problem you know yeah. as as I, don't know, <laughs> I as, right. as I found in my own priesthood that the, you you uh, life teaches you in terms of ministerial life that yeah. that doesn't exist that expectation no. to just say the word that will <laughs> no no <laughs> you, you know, wish yeah you, you wish want, you, you could solve everyone's you could solve yeah. your own problem you know but but um, so I, I felt is totally inadequate for that situation mm-hmm. and yet what happened was we just began to open I just began to you know ask questions and kind of yeah. you know have a conversation and during the course of that I was able to, what, what kind of struck me was how parallel or similar what she was describing to me is what I understand about the life of St. Monica. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because St. Yeah. Monica lived, what, you know, 1,700 yeah. years ago? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yet what this woman was describing was contemporary kind of, if you will, modern yeah. <laughs> burdens or sufferings in terms of relational uh-huh. kinds of things. Well, this What's is going on today. Yeah. still going on today. And so St. Yeah. Monica, a very relevant and almost, if you will, contemporary saint yeah. Yeah. in terms of those relational struggles and that, that sense of um, where God is, in, especially in our family and uh-huh. those vocations to be a, a wife. Mm-hmm. and a mother. And so I just simply ser- shared um, St. Monica's story with her. Yeah. Uh, and that story is is found mostly in uh, what ultimately becomes uh, one of the greatest works of mm-hmm. Western civilization, the Confessions by St. Augustine, uh-huh. who uh-huh. we might go into next week. Yeah. But, but the idea that she was, um, when she was young, her par- she was Christian. She yes. was, uh, the, her, her family was Christian. But and her husband was a Ro- Roman of 
studying the Roman gods, right? Yeah, so he was pagan. So her pagan, her, yeah. her family married her off, kind of as in those days of uh, arranged yeah. marriage. But in order to give her social standing and status, right. they kind of married, helped her to marry up in the world, so to speak, mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of status. But in terms of faith, a total mismatch. Right. And so there was a kind of burden of her um, really wanting to her husband to share that faith. Yeah, exactly. To, yeah. to, to ultimately for his salvation. Um, and uh, he, while he was uh, certainly provided for mm-hmm. her, and she also had three children. Yeah, three children. Uh, the, yeah. the most famous, of course, is Augusta, who we know yeah. as St. Augustine. But that those early years, it was really difficult because her husband didn't want to have his children baptized, and right. she wrestled with that herself. So mm-hmm. Augustine is not baptized. So yeah. you imagine the husband saying, nope, no baptism. You know, he wasn't the oldest. Yeah. Yep, he's the oldest. Yeah. And then to um, kind of put, and, and he himself was uh, Patricius, the name of her husband, mm-hmm. uh, although a, a good, you know, law-abiding Roman citizen yeah. that had uh, status and involved in uh, the, poli- the politics of the, of the day and, and mm-hmm. society was um, uh, just by all uh, reputation ha- kind of a, had a good high character, but he was, in terms of his family life, someone who was very volatile in terms of temper uh-huh. and uh, became very angry. And like a lot of uh, Romans, men of the day of yeah. that society would certainly have uh, many uh, liaisons. And right. So mm-hmm. not faithful uh, to Monica in terms of those. Uh, he did not have the Christian understanding yeah. of being a, a father. And a husband, <laughs> exactly. <Jesus>. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so she has this. She has this kind of burden to right. top it all off. <laughs> this is what Augustine really finds to be uh, one of one of her bur- one of her chief burdens is she. Um, she moves, in other words, when we got married, she goes to live with Patricius, who lives with his mom. Right. And so she didn't even get to run the household, so yeah. to speak. She was not sometimes, you know, yeah, wife. She was outnumbered. Can, yeah. She was outnumbered. She, she had to live, she basically lived with her mother-in-law who ruled the roost. Yeah. And so there she is. Kind she of, had to be subject of her mother-in-law and her husband. Exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And not really, um, the, the education and training of her own children wasn't up to yeah. her. Yeah. Um, so just really uh, talk about a That's very rough. difficult, yeah. rough yeah. situation to ha- find your own identity as a, how do you, how do you see yourself as a wife when your own husband doesn't really treat you in, in a way that would be exclusive and, and full and faithful in every mm-hmm. way? How can you be a mom when in terms of formation, you're not really in control of your children. You're not in control of even the, the household, yeah. the running of the household. Yeah. So, uh, so Augustine, and he's very delicate when he mentions this, the, the particular challenge he has day to day with regards to, um, to alcohol, but he says that she was fond of going down into the cellar <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and partaking yeah. of uh, the new vintages. And mm-hmm. He mentioned very, very discreetly, very lightly, but uh, it, you know, in terms of confirmation, she struggled with alcoholism, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and so she's not—it's not well known, but but she's yeah. the patron. She's one of the patron saints for those who struggle mm-hmm. with alcohol, especially when alcohol becomes a kind of a crutch for just the burdens right. of life, or you're just yeah. looking for kind of a Trying escapism. to survive the day. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, you know, it's not necessarily, you, you can't necessarily get, become, you know, uh, well, I guess you can, but it's, it's, it's more difficult to get inebriated on like white wine or kind of like right. watered down red wine, but she definitely had a high tolerance for yeah. it. It would, mm-hmm. it would imbibe. Or yeah. that just because just because of that that kind of struggle. So that was a daily yeah. kind of a kind of a habitual kind of thing that that Augustine notes that she struggles with. So once again, a very contemporary yeah. kind of thing. We, we you know we recognize um, we would call it a kind of either an addiction or at least a kind of a habit of yeah. 
of using alcohol in that way, but she struggled with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And she's a saint. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so, so yeah, anyway, those are, those were some of the things that, that I, when I was with this woman just kind of mentioned that that was kind of the St. Monica's struggles. Um, and yet then saying at the end of the day, those things didn't keep her from yeah. what she was called to do, but were the means by which God used her yeah. to grace, which is true of, of all the saints. Um, mm-hmm. And so she dedicates her life, Monica, to, in a sense, the salvation of her husband and mm-hmm. of her children in yeah. that way. And if I had to kind of summarize, if you will, that the, the kind of um, pattern of behavior right. mm-hmm. <laughs> that she exemplified, I would say that she pray, stayed, and she was not afraid. <laughs> Those are the three things. Pray, stay, and not afraid. Yeah, and okay. be not afraid. Yeah. It's pray, stay. And so, first of all, the most famous, she's the patron saint of yeah. those who pray, mm-hmm. intercessor. Yeah. Very famously, she uh, would pray for her children and her husband by going to the church every day, mm-hmm. making yeah. offerings. We, now we light yes. candles in right. front of St. Yeah. Jude. But it's the same thing. In the yeah. same, they, mm-hmm. they would bring, actually, they would bring little offerings. Augustine mentions he, she brings little offerings of, of food and, and money mm-hmm. and uh, candles. So there's this, this kind of um, reputation that the, the priest had to tell her not to bring wine anymore, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess lest, lest other people come and drink it or something like that or, or it lead to inebriation. Maybe she was trying to have the priest say, like... So, yeah, Can you finish this for me? <laughs> it's an insight into the 300s yeah. where even in Catholicism, there's this kind of synchronicity of, uh, this is Northern Africa we're talking about, right. so she's mm-hmm. born in Northern Africa, right. um, Tagaste, um, where they, they're still kind of, uh, say, kind of the vestiges of kind of pagan offerings to right. the gods mm-hmm. that, that, that mm-hmm. would be clear to like to bring it to the Madonna or to right. Our Lady, right? Exactly. That kind of yeah. thing, places in, in worship. And so there's this kind of synchronicity there. But she's making this, in other words, she's making her an offering of heart, mind, and spirit exactly. to that for yeah. her. And she does it on a daily basis, and yeah. she perseveres in it. And there's a famous story of her coming to um, to a priest, some say the Bishop of Milan, uh, as mm-hmm. the story goes, uh, St. Ambrose, who becomes her spiritual director later on and, is, and near the end of her life, and, and with Augustine and his, his conversion at the end of the story. But uh, she's just in tears, and mm-hmm. uh, the kind of famous quote from the prelate is uh, yeah. that basically that the child of those tears <laughs> uh-huh. will not go unsaved, right? Yeah. In other words, mm-hmm. your care and concern and the very tears that you're, you're shedding will be the means by which, you know, God will bring right. ultimate blessing mm-hmm. uh, to your, your children. So it won't be lost. So the, the tears yeah. of the, uh, the child of such tears will not certainly never be lost. Right. That's yeah. kind of the famous quote there. So, so inter- the, the patron saint of those who are intercessing. And I think sometimes... We undervalue that idea of, especially when it comes to family members, yeah. being able to pray for uh-huh. them because, let's face it, when it comes to uh, in-laws or right. <laughs> even in those days, your, your spouse and particularly yeah. with children, yeah. it's not up to you. It's not a choice, right? I right. Mean, yeah. We don't choose our siblings. You know, We don't right. choose our parents. Our, mm-hmm. our parents don't necessarily choose us in the sense of in a not particular in way. way. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're gifts given by God. Exactly, yeah. And we believe because they're gifts in that way, are whenever we pray through and particularly for that which God has gifted us, yeah. there's a particular way in which there's a unique blessing attached right. to mm-hmm. it. So yeah. the very first commandment that comes with a blessing is honor your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, be connected to them and to pray and bless them. The prayers of mothers and fathers for their children are more powerful. Right. And unique then, let's say, 
a, I mean, a priestly blessing. I mean, the priestly right. blessing would be yeah. unique, but in a in that relative way of that family relation, I always tell parents when they say, like, "Oh, I'll give my mm-hmm. child a blessing," I'm happy to give you a blessing, give them a blessing, right? Yeah. But I said, "Don't neglect your blessing." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. your blessing as a mother or father is yeah. all the more powerful because God gifted you with that, but exactly, with that yeah. child, right? They didn't they give, uh, I mean, so there's a particular conduit or means of mm-hmm. blessing. And so St. Monica had a special way in which she could bless Augustine and her children. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Same for those who are solicitous and certainly um, have care and concern for their children. Parents should be praying for and blessing their children exactly. every day as a normal mm-hmm. routine, no matter yeah. how old they get, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. a sense. So that sense of prayer and, and persevering all through her life, she did. you got the sense that there was not a day that went by without a sense of prayer yeah. for her spouse and for her children. There's a family that I know that's part of the parish where it's part of the daily routine of mm-hmm. when the kids... Uh, when the kids would go off to school, it'd be a part of a ritual where the mom would be at the door yeah. and the kids would walk to school and yeah. they would line up by age and she yeah. would say a pra- prayer over each and every single one of them. Nice. It's like, okay, see you at three o'clock. No. And um, so receiving that blessing as they go out the door and then when we, and then before dinner, she would do the same thing again, yeah. give them another blessing before dinner and nice. then they would have grace and all that. So nice. it's just incredibly edifying. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and there's also this tradition of praying over children before mm-hmm. they go to sleep. Oh, know, yeah. Kind of like, it's a, kind of like to, to lead them into the rest of sleep, which is that that idea of kind of handing over yeah. to God every night. We see the sleep is, and I've mentioned this before on podcasts, where there's this kind of analogy between sleep and death. And death, yeah. Right? And so as as every night when your child goes to sleep, you kind of have the prayers to bless their children, but also to say, in a way, I kind of give them back to you, Lord. Like this is right. where, mm-hmm. where I'm practicing as parents. Every parent has to do in different stages and different ways mm-hmm. the letting go of their children right. ultimately, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. When they, so in terms of maturity, so so there's that that whole sense of of a parental blessing as well. And so that was that. That's that first stage, and perhaps the most valuable and underrated and not um, not necessarily culturally these days, certainly in our Catholic mm-hmm. faith, there's a, but but culturally that sense of prayer for children um, yeah. and prayer for spouses, just so powerful in every way. And then the, the, the next kind of, uh, kind of, if you will, element or characterization of St. Monica and the virtue she had was the, the, what I call stay. Yes. And that is that stay connected. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even though her mother-in-law was a pain in yeah, provided yeah. a little, little bit of. Uh, she was not only rich, but she was uh, also had characteristics that rhymed with which. Um. Yeah, and apparently Augustine was not exactly as gentle with Monica's um, crutches and her crosses as as Augustine was with um, his grandmother. It seems like too. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I mean, Augustine certainly. Well, more than his father, Augustine never says anything about his dad. Yeah, that's interesting. I remember that, but. Yeah. But um, Augustine certainly has a soft place. I mean, soft place in his, his heart for his mom, no doubt. They, they have a one in, at any relationship. But Monica has to really work hard to stay connected to the yeah. family. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in terms of stay, what I was thinking of is that idea that even though in the perseverance of prayer, but also being connected, she, she could have kind of moved out of the house, right? right? So you can separate it, that would have been, or out of the, kind of in a, if you will, on the same property, but out kind of Mm -hmm. take up domicile, other words. In other words, to escape her mother-in-law, to escape kind of the daily burden. Mm -hmm. But she chooses to stay. Yeah. (laughs) Like she chooses to remain in that house. She wills to stay, yeah. Augustine, he, he, um, he is, he is is taught in Carthage and becomes Mm -hmm. one of the most um, prolific speakers, rhetoricians. 
ends up kind of in a wanton way of life, very famously right. wine woman and, and kind of wantonness right. just generally exactly, yeah. has prodigal a, son, prodigal yeah. son. He has a child out of wedlock, mm-hmm. um, very successful in terms of his career, but a man like, not like on his father of, 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 of kind of a very kind of emotional, uh, can be temperamental, and so his mother's thinking, boy, this, he's, 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 like his, 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 his soul is in peril. And so he, uh, she, her, his father dies when he's 17, Augustine. And right. so mom then <laughs> decides she's going to basically shadow, stay with, um, mm-hmm. stay with <laughs> her son wherever yeah. he goes, got a shadow of it. And so he decides that he's going to kind of escape mom. So he tells her he's going yeah. down to say goodbye to his friend at the docks in Rome. <laughs> yeah. And the friend he's saying goodbye to is the friend that he's traveling with and they both yeah. leave. So he's, and yeah, that's right. what she chooses to do is jump on the next boat and follow him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she right. would, once <laughs> exactly. he left, yeah. and ultimately they end up at, he, he, ba- she basically uh, stays with him till Milan. So he went to Rome. She goes to Rome. So he continues up to Milan. She goes to Milan. <laughs> she goes to Milan. Yeah. And so basically uh, dogs of everywhere. But, but basically the point is t- to keep that connection alive. And, mm-hmm. and I think oftentimes when, especially mothers will ask me about, you know, their child is in like, here's a classic example there. They're in a situation where say they're, they're, they're married, but not married in the church. Right. And of course they don't condone that. And they, but they're like, well, what kind of relationship should I have with my child? Yeah. If they're not living the faith, can I, am I uh, approving of their lifestyle? You know, whatever that lifestyle might be, if it's not in consonance with the church, if I, you know, continue that, our relation, what kind of relation do yeah. I have to kind of cut them off or what, what, what's the dynamic there? And I said, well, if you look at, if you look at St. Monica, <laughs> I mean, yeah. what she does is she keeps that connection going. She certainly doesn't, um, advocate or condone whatever yeah. behaviors keeping them from the fullness Grandchild of Grandchild, right? lock. Yeah. That, so, yeah. so, and, and I say, why well, say, do you, I mean, I say by keeping the relationship, do you, is there any, is your child know that you're happy about the situation? They're like, well, no. I mean, usually if they're asking a priest about it, yeah. their, their child already knows that, exactly, <laughs> knows yeah. where they stand. There's no ambiguity right. there, right? It would be, it would be different if it was, if their ambiguity, if, if there was any ambiguity, like, right. oh, you're not going to get Everybody married in the church. Everybody knows. I'm going to go because right. I don't really care if you get married in the church or not is different than, okay, you were getting married on the beach. You know, I don't, everyone knows mom doesn't approve. It's not there, but it's not like I want to, I want to, I want to stay with that connection. The mm-hmm. Lord has given yeah. that relationship as a gift. And so you stay connected. Monica stays with Augustine at, at his most distant from Holy Mother Church. Mm-hmm. The person who's closest to Augustine is his mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and, she, yeah. and so she never, in a sense, abandons him or lets go of him or says, well, he's out of the church. I can't associate with him anymore, kind of thing. No, she stays with him. So that pray yeah. is that intercession. That stay is to honor the relationship that God gave her in her yeah. son and not to kind of give up on that relationship. And the last thing is maybe the most difficult is she's not the one that actually leads Augustine directly to the faith. Like it wasn't through her words or catechesis or something. It's, it's through certainly God's grace, but the way he does it through her prayers, but through St. Ambrose yeah, and exactly. others that mm-hmm. Augustine very famously ends up coming to the faith. Right. And the, the key for her was to pray, stay, and then to let go, basically. Be not mm-hmm. afraid to entrust okay. her child to his yeah. And her husband, too. As I mentioned, her husband passed away when Augustine was 17. Her husband, on his deathbed, 
comes to the faith and is baptized. Mm, and yeah. so she's certainly uh, that no doubt and in, in, emboldens her to stay connected exactly, to yeah. her son. If it can happen to him. Exactly. Augustine's on its way. <laughs> Augustine's yeah. on his way. And so, yeah. um, and ultimately once right. Augustine experienced his conversion and then is baptized by Ambrose up in Milan, a beautiful church, by the way, mm. there, um, there's this beautiful, uh, one of the most beautiful passages in the confessions of St. Augustine. He's talking about this day he spends with his mom after he's been baptized, mm-hmm. after he's come to the faith, now he's now ultimately his vocation brings him into the priesthood, and then ultimately right. as bishop, bishop um, he's having this day with his mom, and and she's she's getting on in years, and uh, ultimately uh, dies uh, not too distant from this this day they plan, and they just talk about what eternal life will, what heaven will be like, like uh-huh. this, and she just says, you know what, son, I'm. I, kind of the nuke dominis that Simeon says when he sees Jesus, like, Lord, you can take me now. Like I've seen every, what I was, my life was to be mm-hmm. the wife, to bring my husband to the Lord <laughs> yeah. and to bring my children to the Lord. And now that that's happened, but I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> now I'm ready to see the yeah. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I was able to, to hopefully bring my family to the Lord and now I'm ready to see the Lord. And so, yeah. and they have this day talking about what that might right. look mm-hmm. like. And she says, don't worry about where you bury me. Exactly. Yeah. You know, don't worry about grieving over me. And I'll say, and so there's this beautiful moment where they just, they, they share as kind of like a, a kind of a meeting of the, of the souls. And yeah. Augustine really reflects on, on the power of his, his mother and his life to really bring him. And that doesn't happen without that kind of entrusting of care right. to the Lord. Yeah. So um, it's interesting. She says she doesn't care where, where she's buried. Right. Um, but of course he has very, the family has very particular. <laughs> and that was actually things. getting her upset. It's like, stop worrying about that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. So, but, but I thought of that when I was in, um, in Rome when we went on our pilgrimage um, a couple of years ago for the footsteps of St. Dominic. Yeah, she's at St. Augustine's Church. Now, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. she's buried in, in a church, St. Yeah. Augustine's Church in yeah. Rome. It's beautiful side chapel. It is. Blue, blue, green marble and yeah. Yeah, anyway. have, you, have you, you've been there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny because I, I, I wanted to go to that church, but I didn't. The, the, re, the reason why, maybe you can guess, you've been there. Do you know the reason what, that got me to that church? There was a Caravaggio. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> At the entrance, and yeah. then you look left, and there's a Caravaggio. That's right exactly. There. There's a Caravaggio. Yeah. As you enter into the left, it's yeah. uh, the Madonna de Loreto, or the um, Our Lady of the Pilgrims. Right. It was a, a total, you know, um, <laughs> I'd say scandalous might be too strong, but not too. It was definitely had, uh, it was not, it was put on aside all the for a reason, but it was, Mary is very, she looks just kind of like a normal person in yeah. terms of, I mean, she's barefoot. She's in simple peasant kind of clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's holding on to Jesus and there are two pilgrims or two travelers that are kind of kneeling in front of her, but she, there's no glory. There's no grandeur. It's very simple and plain. And the, the visage that Caravaggio used was of, um, uh, let's say a lady of the night uh, <laughs> wow. for, for the blessed wow. Virgin Mary. So that caused a little bit of a stir. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> in its day, but it's a beautiful, it's very, it's, it's, it's actually a very beautiful um, uh, image uh, and, and kind of powerful of journey, but that's the reason I went away. Okay. So you go up and then of course, then you go like, Oh, what else is in this church? And you walk down the, and if you walk down that left-hand <laughs> corner right there is, the, is the relics of St. Monica. And you're like, oh, sweet. I was exactly the exact opposite oh, were you? reason. Okay, because yeah. like at the church, like the mass, the final mass of the day just started. And we're like, okay. So it kind of snuck in okay. because I wanted to make pilgrimage and homage to Monica. Okay. And then I turn around. I'm like, what are those people doing there? Uh-huh. Oh, there's a Caravaggio there. For me, it was the exact opposite. Reason. Oh, nice. So nice. I was there to make pilgrimage to Monica. To yeah. St. Monica and give me honor to Monica and just... Oh, there's <laughs> so yeah. So no, it's definitely St. Augustine's is a very a maternal place because you yeah. got St. Monica there. So then, of course, you pray for all 
all mothers, especially for mothers that are mm-hmm. trying to um, intercede for their own mm-hmm. children and families, uh, spouses. And then you've got Caravaggio with uh, the Lady of the Pilgrim. And then, I don't know if you remember, when you, right when you walk in, if you just turn kind of immediately left back around, mm-hmm. is um, Our Lady of Childbirth. And yes. there's a huge shrine there. Yes. With candles galore! Oh my god! Candles yes. and little like baby booties and like mm-hmm. little 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 symbols of new birth right. um, mm-hmm. of all the children that uh, women or families have prayed to or people have prayed to for the um, for childbirth, especially right. for those experiencing childbirth. So you know, I myself, you know, I remember at the time there were a few folks who were having difficulties in pregnancy to, right. to kind of bring their prayers there. So that that Saint Augustine's is like a powerhouse of yeah. especially maternal but family kind of prayer yeah. and intercession. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's definitely on the. It was unexpected. We were just wandering. I don't say wandering around, but we were just in in Rome. You throw a, throw a stone in the church, and I said, I want to see as many Caravaggios as possible. And right. so yeah. that was on the list. And I got I got Caravaggio, but I got so much more <laughs> Saint Monica. So, so um, but then it, it kind of brings full circle in terms of that sense of. Um, that children were given or that sense of parents were given are not our own. They are um, given to us as gifts by God. And so our Mm -hmm. prayer is unique. That ability to stay connected can be powerful. And that kind of letting go um, Mm -hmm. is there. And I was reminded of that. I I, I don't know for daily devotions, your kind of rhythm, but one of the daily devotions I, I do each day is a book called, um, I think it's, I, I, I'd never heard of it. And then when I began to talk to people, like, oh yeah, I know that book. So it's, it's obviously a, a best-selling book that I've just, you know, in the last year become mm-hmm. familiar with, but it's called Jesus Calling. You, right. Have you heard of this book? I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. I've never, so it's, a yeah. Little, it's a little daily devotional. It's um, written by uh, a woman called Sarah Young. And it's just little daily um, reflections that are stylized as if, Jesus is with Jesus in the first person. So Mm. Jesus is directly kind of talking to you. And there's a number of devotionals that kind of have this style Mm -hmm. with Jesus, but it's based on scripture. And it's usually a fusion of a number of scriptures, usually something maybe from the old Testament, a kind of passage kind of combined with St. Paul as well. And Mm -hmm. then maybe one of the gospels. So it's like Jesus speaking in I kind of the the first person singular (laughs) and speaking in a way that picks up on scriptural themes, both in the Old Testament yeah. and then in the New Testament in terms of St. Paul's letter and, of course, Jesus' own words in the mm-hmm. gospel. And the devotion uh, for today uh, is all about this, the be not afraid of a letting go ah, for parents. So yeah. so, so here, here's, I'm just going to read it. It's, just, it's, it's very short, but let me read this. Uh, and, and to me, I think it's a, a wonderful way to maybe kind of encapsulate the power of uh, the sanctity of St. Monica. She was mm-hmm. a saint, not because she didn't struggle or not because she didn't sin, <laughs> um, but because in her struggles and in those yeah. burdens of everything from not being the kind of wife and mother she thought would be successful, yeah. being, she, being an unsuccessful wife and mother and struggling through that is exactly how she became yeah. the saint that she is, a kind of yeah. hopefully relevant and heartening and encouraging word mm-hmm. <laughs> to all wives yeah. and mothers who feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not living up to my vocation. <laughs> and the whole point is to continue, to, yeah. to persevere, to pray, stay, and be not afraid. And yeah. so her struggles are actually brought her to sanctity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so here, maybe a, a, a final word to say and kind of wrapping up that sense of be not afraid and entrusting, especially um, your, those who have you care, your children to the Lord. So this is, this is what... Um, uh, this uh, little devotional says in the person of Christ, and this is going off of the story of um, jo- Jacob and, and Joseph, mm. uh, that, that story of uh, Joseph and getting that special treatment right. by his father, and then uh, St. Paul talking about uh, his presence, God's, Christ's presence being 
uh, there uh, always, especially for uh, your children in Ephesians. So here, here it goes. Uh, the Lord says in this devotional, entrust your loved ones to me. Release them into my protective care. They are much safer with me <laughs> than in your clinging and grasping hands. If you let a loved one become an idol in your heart, you endanger that one as well as yourself. Joseph and his father Jacob suffered terribly because Joseph, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, and he treated him with special favor. So Joseph's brothers hated him and plotted against him. Ultimately, I use that situation for good, but both father and son had to endure many years of suffering and separation from one another because of this. I detest idolatry, even when it comes in the form of parental love. So beware of making a beloved child, or any child, an idol. When you release your loved ones to me, you are free to cling to me and my hand. Entrust others and your beloved into my care, and then I am free to shadow, shower many blessings upon them. My presence will go with them wherever they go, and I will give them rest. This same presence stays with you as you relax and place your trust in me. Watch to see what I can do. Amen. Amen. So if you want to uh, help out with the podcast or anything, you know what to do. Like us on Facebook, uh, subscribe, ask others to subscribe. Um, and um, if you have any feedback, of course, email us at podcast at stdominics.org. And even if you weren't able to join us for this little triduum, if it, of course tomorrow is the, the final day, the Feast of St. Monica and St. Saint Saint Monica here at St. Dominic's truly be an inspiration and a power and encouragement and intercession for all that we do as we radiate the joy of the gospel here in the heart of the city. Amen. Amen.